0: and traps me in a small room and makes me read all of his favorite comics which is just basically what he's always wanted since the day we met so that's, like, a, great, that's a great intro <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that sums it up so well okay like, man
0: i just want to make you happy <laughs>
1: thank you <laughs> like, somebody that. please send help <laughs> 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 oh man so this week we read the killing joke by alan moore and brian boland Bolland. Yes. I uh, <laughs> can confirm. Oh man, that's so I feel bad
0: because the last episode that we recorded, we said that we were going to be reading All-Star Superman, but psych!
1: Well, I think it what it me. came down to was that, like, ultimately we had two reasons not to read All-Star Superman. And one was that I'm, we're sort of stuck in a DC quagmire, quagmire?
0: Quagmire, yeah.
1: So it's just been one DC book, one Vertigo book after another. And personally, I'm a Marvel man, so I want to get, I want to wow. branch out a little bit. And then the second reason being that you just fucking hate Superman.
0: I really do. So, um, he's the my least favorite superhero of all time, and I will resist hashtag resist with um, everything in my being. That's crazy. I don't he's like. So cool. He's not. He's
1: probably the coolest hero that DC has.
0: That is false. He is so bland.
1: I think you can get really cool stories with Superman. We're literally starting off our, <laughs> our
0: Batman podcast talking about Superman. Okay, well fine. you're right. We should
1: we should talk about it. We are doing a Batman podcast. So actually, but-
0: this is more of like a joker podcast. If we're being real, True. this has n- almost nothing to do with it Will Batman. you
1: concede that Superman could beat Batman in a fight? The idea that Batman uh, would even last more than two seconds is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I'll give you that, but only, but that's, but again, I feel like that just feeds into my argument about why he's boring and shitty as a yeah, superhero. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because it's like Batman, what is he at the end of the day? He's basically just like a really angry billionaire who has like a lot of tech. He's essentially like, he's like a less charming Iron Man.
1: Uh, yeah, because he's all broody and dark.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. I actually don't even...
1: I forgot how much I like the Batman in this comic, where it's like he doesn't even have that much tech. He's just a detective and a good fighter, and he dresses like a bat and (laughs) and intimidates pimps and prostitutes. But
0: for a Batman comic, I feel like he is not... He doesn't figure that much in the comic overall and would you yeah he's sort of
1: that? yeah he's sort of like sidelined or he's sort of relegated to the shadows which yeah, is yeah. where he operates best oh god <laughs> <laughs> you'd never read this before right no what did you what would you rate it out of um, five stars i
0: know out of five thank you um out of like we're and doing a, the next one four so no, we're not i think um, we should just
1: alternate as a way to not have this argument every time we just alternate no. put
0: down I'm not doing it I I don't know. So, actually, I read this last week. Uh, I am conflicted about... I actually just don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I'm a sucker for an origin story. I love origin stories. I love prequels. But That's like, why you
1: like those Hobbit movies more than The Lord of the Rings, right?
0: What? Are, no.
1: You told me you did. What you are you doing? You said they were your favorite movies.
0: You guys can't see what his little fucking face looks like right My now. My little weasel your face. Your weasel. <laughs> your needling face just needling. Um, we could have an entire podcast about the Hobbit movies versus Lord of the Rings, but that's not why
1: we're here today. It's not why we're here. Today. <laughs> Move it along.
0: Yeah, I like origin stories. I like prequels. Uh that being said, like I feel like I would probably give this a B-. Uh just because mm. it I thought that as like the plot was kind of like not lame, but sort of like what is this? Like where are we going here? Like what do you cuz okay, the whole Crux of this, like the point of this comic is that the Joker is basically trying to show that one bad day could turn somebody from like lawful good to chaotic bad, right? I don't, or chaotic evil, whatever. I don't play DD. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> but, um, and then interspersed with that is sort of his origin story. And like, I don't know that that one idea like that okay one bad day could really fuck somebody over I don't know that I feel like there was more meat there and they just didn't execute it in a way that it was over too quick
1: man I actually I thought it was a really good length I thought it was like a sometimes I feel like comics these days tend to be written for the trade and so you end up with these like four five six seven issues all packed into one but it it's like sometimes it's too much and I appreciate a writer and an artist who can just give you like quick action with a compelling story and I feel like that's what this book was it was like and I don't just mean action in terms of like punching kicking you know beating each other up I also just mean like I guess acting like all the characters like The stage is set. These characters are talking to each other, interacting, and their body language sells certain emotions and ideas. I don't want to get too hyperbolic in my praise because I definitely, I have a weird opinion of this book. I've read it a couple times, and I feel like every time I read it, I come away with a different point of view on it. I liked it well enough the first time. Probably gave it what you gave it, the B minus. I feel like this book got reframed in modern times where it's like people chose to really emphasize the fact that like, joker strips down barbara gordon spoiler alert and it kind of got into this like weird rapey territory there was like a very rapey interpretation of what happened
0: well wasn't that because of the revival of bad girl remember in like 2014 they released like the, the new, new series yeah? Series, the new design i'm sorry am i'm, I so, supposed, if I'm I... so happy right now <laughs> <laughs> i do remember that on <laughs> I mean, it's it was enough of an event that I think it even crossed over into just the general pop culture stew of the time. Yeah. Like I don't think that it was necessarily like a comic only event, but I do remember there being like a lot of buzz around that just because um, they alluded to the killing joke. I think I never read the comic, so I, I'm I'm getting into this territory where like okay. I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about what I know peripherally, which basically Hmm. is the entire point of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Everything that I talk about is stuff that I've gleaned from, like, the internet or literally just, like, passing comments and i think that's
1: just public discourse in general yeah like i don't know here's what i heard i know i love
0: that was almost like oh yeah i read an article once it's like oh you mean you read a headline to an article once that was posted on facebook maybe
1: clicked the comments just to see what um no i okay so this book kind of got reframed as and it had a sort of rapey interpretation which is fair it is there like you can you can read it that way I didn't read it that way the first time I read it. I didn't really read it that way either. And I part of I just don't really like thinking about the Joker as a sexual being. You know, I, like I don't hey, think
0: I, that you're meant to. No, and which is weird that he has a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and it
1: and that gets into some weird territory too and they're all like flirty and hot and heavy and you're like ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> like no. Um, well,
0: especially with like now the revival of like Harley Quinn, like now Well, I think she's sort of,
1: yeah, she definitely had, she's had her revival. Trying to do, like, a sort of strong, independent woman. She don't need no Joker type thing. mm -hmm. She's cool, because, again, I think she's a character that easily carries her own weight. She, like, she's cool, compelling, interesting. So is the Joker at times.
0: Sometimes Mm. I feel, like, the Harley Quinn stuff is a little bit pandery, though, because I feel like, like, where it's, like, um, strong uh, female protagonists are in high demand and I think that they're trying to, like, repurpose her for that. Which, like, don't get me wrong, I love me a good, strong female protagonist. Like, that would probably be in my, uh, top five, like, immediate I'm interested in Mm -hmm. whatever you're trying to serve up here. The others being time travel. And the Russian Russia. aristocracy, pre-revolution. Basically, any tragic royals of any kind. Um, anything that would feature prominently on Masterpiece Theatre or the BBC. But well, she um,
1: she makes a really tragic villain. If she is sort of like a um, if you interpret her as like a Stockholm syndrome type, you know, hopelessly yeah. in love with the Joker. You know, he shows him as a master manipulator and a devious evil person. Mm. So
0: is but it but that's kind of the Joker's thing right like that's why he's people i just feel like people are obsessed with the joker and to be honest i've actually never understood why just because like what is his deal he's just a psychotic evil genius
1: it's okay and he
0: has like this shit that he uses in this book with like the like joker venom or whatever it's like that little pin that he sticks people with and they're like ah it's poison
1: so i think like the Joker originally was just kind of a zany clown at mm-hmm. first, and he committed crimes that were sort of funny. You know, they would be tied to like pranks and gags and playing cards, and like, and he sort of operated that way as like a a hood, you know, who was kind of unpredictable, crazy, and silly. And then I think in the '70s, like I think America was just obsessed with like serial killers and that sort of stuff. And so we're he...
0: still obsessed with serial killers, right? Like, <laughs> but he
1: sort of became this like mass murderer. And I think he gets a lot less fun when he is that way. I think it's like, (laughs) the idea... I just
0: love you describing the Joker as, like, fun. Just like... (laughs) I
1: think he's a really fun villain. And I think that, actually, Batman the Killing Joke, for as dark as it is, he's a really fun Joker.
0: Is he? That's kind of fucked up.
1: It is (laughs) fucked up. And and again, it sounds... I'm not
0: sure I would use the word fun to describe any part of... The Joker in this book, like he, I mean, yeah, we're gonna get into it, but he basically he shoots and paralyzes Commissioner Gordon's daughter, Batgirl, and then he like forces him to look at naked pictures of her
1: again. That is with the okay. Here's here's my opinion of this book.
0: It's rolled up (laughs) after
1: having read this. Now, I think that Alan Moore is a great writer. I think that he understands the appeal of the Joker. I think he does a good job of like highlighting the ridiculousness of superheroes like as a notion. Um this Batman, you know, he gets his mask pulled down, he can't see right, his mask is all twisted around his face. It's silly. Like there's a lot of silly. Yeah. It sort of highlights the absurdity of superheroes. But Alan Moore also does this thing where he can make uh this world feel very real world and tragic, and I think he went a little too far in paralyzing Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. I think it just got taken a little bit too far. If the Joker, if he had dialed the Joker back a little bit and had a little bit less fucked up of a crime that he committed, I think this would have been the perfect book.
0: But I don't know, because then it's like, because the whole point is like, okay, he's trying to break Commissioner Gordon to prove that, like, everyone's unstable. Like, anyone could be tipped to the point of breaking. And so it's like, he needed something that fucked up like he i think that they needed to have the audience be like holy shit like this is like this is insane like to get it to the point where it's like oh yeah like we would understand um why like if commissioner gordon had sort of like broken and kind of gone insane and i think that that's what makes um his sort of like comeback where he's just kind of like no like you know i want him arrested but i want him arrested our way or whatever he says you know it's like that Yeah, I think that makes it more powerful where it's like, no, he's been able to resist even though this truly horrific thing just happened.
1: Again, like, if your only daughter was, like, shot, paralyzed, and you were shown naked photos of her in pain and distress, and then you were tortured, I don't think you would go by the book. And I know Alan Moore is sort of like, it's a fictional world, so he can have these larger than life really good-hearted characters are like no it doesn't yeah. matter we're going to do he, they're, they're going to pull dark it they're going right. to do the right <laughs> thing no matter what the personal cost and i just think that that i almost think it's like look if the joker had kidnapped commissioner gordon and just beaten and tortured him yeah that would have been enough for batman to then because it's like he's dragged <laughs> around by a dog collar and he's naked and he's tortured and put on a funhouse murder ride yeah i think that's enough for me okay Gail Simone is a really famous writer in comics. And she, I think, came to prominence when she wrote an article called Women in Refrigerator. And oh, comi- yeah. and comics has a kind of ugly history of, like, treating wives, girlfriends, significant others of the heroes as sort of disposable. Mm-hmm. As kind of like, oh, this will be the tragic thing that they overcome. Right,
0: it's like the catalyst for their self-growth.
1: And reading this, having her shot and photographed and violated in that way, that's unpleasant enough. And I can see why... People would find the idea of women in refrigerators, especially women readers, would be like, the fuck is wrong with you guys? Why are yeah. you like, why are you reading this stuff? And so I think if this book to me is a flawed masterpiece where it's really well done, but it has this kind of ugly part where it just goes a little bit too far. Yeah. And I think if it had just been Commissioner Gordon who was suffering and having his really bad day, I think that I think it would have just been like a really cool treaties on superheroes mental illness all these other like conditions
0: yeah you know because i mean they kind of set up commissioner gordon so that it's like him and barbara sort of like they're not like a unit i would say but like barbara is sort of like the softer side it basically she i mean again it's like using um a female character to sort of like build off of fodder kind of yeah but they, they they use her to kind of soften him you know what I mean? Like, you... Yeah. Commissioner Gordon, like, is an empathetic character because, like, she, you know, she's on her way to fucking yoga class. Yeah. And, like, she just gets, like, shot by the Joker.
1: Man, Commissioner Gordon in this is such a fuddy-duddy. He's, like, he making really a scrapbook of his, like... Oh, my God, I know. His <laughs>
0: newspaper clipping. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> clipping the newspaper and, like, putting them in scrapbook. Barbara's like, "Tad, why... Maybe, you know, you should just, like, lay off the scrapbook for a little while. Maybe, Dad, like... you're <laughs> really sad. Go outside. Little. Get on Tinder. He's like, you think I'm sad (laughs) now? Wait till
1: you're shot down by a crazy clown. Oh, God. Yeah. Should we get into the summary? And I think we can touch on a lot of these same points as we hit them in the story.
0: Yeah. I mean, first, what did you think of the art?
1: I loved it. Um, I really did. And that's very strange to me because, again, like Brian Boland is this artist who I think is technically very good. Reading this book before, I've never been crazy about it, but we read the black and white version Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for this podcast. And man, his hatching, his like inking... It's really good. It's so good. And he like, it's at times a little stiff, but then again, it's that sort of, it walks that line of like, there are very dynamic figures and well yeah. well composed actions or well composed shots in general. And then, but it also like, it's a little stiff and a little realistic. So it kind of looks a little silly sometimes. I was surprised
0: that I liked it just because I think that sometimes hyper realism can be really... Yeah. Um distracting.
1: It is, especially because you're like, wait, a real person puts on the Batman suit. That looks kind of silly because you can see how fat they are. You're like you know, <laughs> and like or you know, I, I don't know. Like it, spandex is not flattering, and I feel like when you draw, the more realistic you draw, the more you kind of have the more questions. But also, like, is Batman
0: really worried about that? No, I mean, like, he's, he's, he's like, Batman. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: but it's it's like I think he walks a really fine line of dynamic, interesting, meticulous. While also being like it does, it is a little bit like it's a little tongue in cheek. Superheroes are kind of silly. A man who wears horns and yeah. <laughs> and they are horns. Those aren't ears. I know he's a bat, but like they. I know just, I was
0: gonna say I was like, what are you talking but about? But they
1: just look like horns. They're <laughs> not
0: horns. He's a bat. Those are ears. You, <laughs> like,
1: I know what they're supposed to be. I'm then not. Why
0: do you just call them horns?
1: Because what look are you at talking them.
0: about? Like
1: <laughs> what bat have you? ever seen with long pointy ears that's
0: what bats look like oh my god am i about to find out that bats you've never like, seen a picture of a bat no,
1: bats have like wide ears or kind of no
0: they don't they've got like little pointy ears mm. did you never read stella no. luna like was this oh not a part god. of your childhood so
1: that'll be the next podcast so <laughs> we're getting distracted <laughs> okay
0: no we need to get into this like i'm starting i'm i'm just realizing that you don't know what bats look like
1: You're trying to insult me, but I'm the master needler. You can't needle the needler. (laughs) Those are horns.
0: They're not horns! They're. I'm going to walk out of this room right now.
1: Hey, I know, listen, I know that he's a bat. I know that bats have ears. I know that those are supposed to be bat ears, but they really don't look like ears. They look more like devil horns. Oh my
0: god, okay, we're putting in some hold music so I can show Justin a picture of a fucking bat.
1: Batman's horns were rendered like ears. They're not horns.
0: We just did this. We just looked through like 20 pictures of bats.
1: If Batman's quote unquote ears looked like actual bat ears, he would look like Mickey Mouse. So I understand. No,
0: he wouldn't. Bats ears are actually pointy. They
1: are, but they're so wide at the base. They have to hear not the location.
0: Yes, he's in a
1: costume. I know, and his, look at how, look at his horns.
0: Those are supposed to be
1: ears. I know that. I know that. I know he's a bat. I know bats don't have ears as well as horns. I know that they're supposed to be bat ears. They've never looked like bat ears, except when artists try to make them look like bat ears, and it looks kind of (laughs) dumb. We're way off base here. Okay. I really like Brian Boland's art. There's just so many funny, like, background gags and little, like, subtle winks and nods. Alan Moore is a very detailed writer, and I think Brian Bulland is a very detail-oriented artist, I think they make a really good team.
0: What else has Alan Moore done?
1: Uh, Swamp Thing, Watchmen, V for Vendetta. Oh, damn. And he's the, like, he's probably one of the heaviest hitters in comics in terms of writing.
0: I definitely heard his name, but I don't know what he does.
1: He's just... I mean, because he's done more than that too. He got his start in England, and then he came over here, and he really made his name. I think doing Swamp Thing, he became a sort of superstar. He's done a lot of really famous, just Batman and Superman stories.
0: It's also interesting that he did Watchmen and V for Vendetta, which again, um, I read Watchmen like way back in the day when the movie originally came out. That was hmm. a terrible movie. Um, and Preached. then I've seen, and then I've seen obviously V for Vendetta. Um, it's interesting, they're all very, like, there's definitely a sort of chaotic anarchy thing that he seems to be into.
1: He's such a weird dude. He's he's such a curmudgeon. He's so cranky. And then he also claims to be, like, a priest who worships a snake god. Is that real? Yeah, he's a he's what a. What is nut. the but name
0: like, of the snake god? Pfft. <laughs> Human
1: tongues can't pronounce it. No, I I just don't know. He thinks um,
0: he's a parcel tongue? No. He's Voldemort.
1: He looks like Voldemort. Like, he looks like he could be... Uh, he'd probably be closer to what I picture Grindelwald as. Like oh, a really? dark Dumbledore, sort oh,
0: okay. of. Okay. Not like, um, tips, Johnny Depp. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: no, he... Alan Moore is... I think it's sort of, again, tongue-in-cheek. I think when it boils... To, like, he'll tell you he's a magician and he's into magic... He's such a creative and imaginative writer. I think he, I think his ideas about magic are more based on the power of imagination and these sort of worlds that we create in our heads and potentially how these ideas influence the world around us. I, if I had to sum it up, I don't think he literally believes in the snake god, but I think he believes in the power of ideas and imagination. Hmm. And I think that a lot of his work, he kind of gets this reputation as really dark and edgy and realistic and he really isn't. What? He's, I
0: No, I feel like... I mean, based on just the movies that I've seen of his stuff, that's... And reading this, actually, yeah, I would say he's pretty fucking dark. You would not say that?
1: I would say he can be. Um, he actually... A lot of his books, if you've ever read, like, 1963, which is, like, a homage to old 1960s comics, or Tom Strong, or even his work on Supreme...
0: I have read none of these.
1: Uh, we might get to some of them mm-hmm. in the podcast. <laughs> but, um... He, he clearly has a love for superheroes and the ideals, you know, these sort of bright and shiny men of tomorrow, men and women of tomorrow. And, um, I, he has a love for them, but I think he's also able to infuse a little bit of real world drama, a little bit of like the idea of like problems that are more than just like, this ice man is trying to rob a bank. This swamp monster has kidnapped my girlfriend. It's it's He's able to kind of create a world that feels as though it could be a literal, a real world, and I think a lot of people learn the long, wrong lessons from his work. They, they're like, oh, people die in his comics, so everybody should die in my comics, and what? just
0: oh, like other comics trying to see, or not comic, yeah. but comic book writers got it.
1: League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He did that too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's um, him. Another He's...
0: totally disappointing movie. <sighs> yeah. That was. Yeah
1: but the book is really cool. So, anyways, I think he's he's really fun. And that's kind of what I mean when I say that his Joker is really fun is his Joker can be very dark and violent and crazy in one moment, and then he can put on this kind of disarming smile, still a little creepy, but he puts on a smile and he says something that's legitimately funny or the way he the phrases he uses are kind of they make a sort of sense. Mm-hmm. And so, well, that's
0: sort of like the very end of this comic, that joke that he tells is kind of like, oh.
1: And especially as it pertains to if you think of the two inmates as Batman and Joker. Right. And they're trying to escape. Like, I
0: mean, I think that's what's implied, yeah. Right.
1: I just think he's such a good writer in that he can weave these little themes throughout his work and kind of like everything that's written Ties into larger ideas that he started, mm-hmm. and I I think his stuff is so funny and so interesting and cool. So let's summarize it.
0: Okay, great. All right. So basically, it starts off. Um, it's a dark and stormy night, and Batman is headed to Arkham Asylum to basically kind of like negotiate with the Joker to be like, look, we just like have to stop this. We like have ke- we just keep fighting. Um, people are over it. I'm over it. Like, how do we... One of
1: us is going to die. One of us is
0: going to die. But it turns out that the guy that he's talking to is actually just, like, this other inmate who happens to look a lot like Joker, and it turns out that Joker's escaped.
1: This part is a little weak to me. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that, like, nobody noticed that the inmate... But again... Also,
0: who is that guy? Like, where, like... It's almost
1: not important because you just need the Joker out of there. That's probably the weakest part of the book to me. Yeah. But again... Uh, if I can go back for a second to my point that this is, a, it highlights the absurdity of the of superheroes. Like Batman is like strolling through Arkham City and like the cops are saluting him, and you're like, it's a dude in his underwear and yeah. a cape <laughs> with horns, ears. <laughs> it, I, mm. Well, everybody has ears, Hana. Wow, wow. I can't. <laughs> so, um, but it, okay, so it's just like it's so silly and so dark at the same time, and then also. Again going back to Brian Boland being a very detail oriented artist. The woman in the the woman at the front desk of Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. has a sign on her desk that says you don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. Yikes. Which is just it just it conjures up this image of like a real person who's like I'm going to put my you know like yeah. my funny little coffee mug on the desk and Oh my god. Also interesting, she's got like a phone from the 1930s. Oh
0: really? Yeah. Is that when this is no, because Barbara's going to fucking yoga. I'm pretty sure that's not it's
1: I know that this is the sort of commonly accepted origin story of the Joker, but I don't think it is it I think it's out of continuity because Batman is driving around in if not his first Batmobile, then one of the earliest Batmobile models that there was. yeah, there's like sort of old timey contraptions around, and also, I think the Joker like. We can almost look at this, if you look at all of Batman's history, there's like 80 plus years now of the Joker breaking in and out of Arkham and murdering hundreds of people. And it's kind of stretches believability where you're like, you start asking yourself, why doesn't Batman just kill the Joker? Yeah. Oh,
0: where, but isn't it because of his whole thing where he's like, I don't kill. Like
1: Right. But if someone is murdering hundreds of people every time he gets out of prison, I think at a certain point society at large would put the Joker to death. But isn't that
0: like the quintessential Batman Joker problem? Where it's just kind of like okay, basically, because you have this superhero who like doesn't kill, but then it's like the Joker is so evil that it's like, we just need to get this guy out of here. But then it's like by killing the Joker, does that then compromise Batman as a superhero? Isn't that like the whole thing? Right. Yeah. Right.
1: But when you have 80 years of that back and forth, yeah. it is a little bit ridiculous, right? Yeah. Because you're like, Batman should kill the Joker. In fact, by not killing the Joker, he's kind of the villain because the Joker... Yeah.
0: It's like maybe he gets some kind of like sick like hit off of having this constant nemesis. Like he sort of respects the Joker in a weird way. Like,
1: But with this, if it's out of continuity, this to me, I reread this and I'm like, this must be in like an early Batman because he's driving around in an early design for his car. Yeah. The Joker, there's these old-timey things kind of around. Yeah. It's sort of timeless in its setting, you know. It could be yesterday, it could be 30 years ago. Batman is trying to negotiate a peace with the Joker, so you almost get the sense that like I this is my own personal fan theory, but that this is maybe only the second or third time that the Joker has escaped. Hmm. And I don't think he's murdering hundreds of people each time they he does They don't, it. like,
0: know what he's capable
1: it's, of yet. Exactly. It's kind of like, okay, some murder clown showed up, Batman put him away. He got out, Batman put him away. Maybe this is, like, the third time, and then he really escalates. I just think this is another great example of Alan Moore is able to embrace and highlight the absurdity of superhero comics. He's, like, it's absurd that there's this back and forth between a clown and a man in a costume... But at the same time, it's a little bit more believable if this is only if this is an early adventure. The, one of the first few times that they met and mm-hmm. they're having this, like, Batman's like, I gotta... Batman really is a hero in this. He's trying to talk to the Joker, trying to reach him and, like, make him understand that they've got to find a better way. And then it turns out he's talking to some rando. Uh, the Joker, meanwhile, is on... He's hanging out in an abandoned amusement park, talking to the owner who's mm-hmm. trying to sell it. And he's sort of, like, the owner's apologizing for the state of disrepair and the joker is like no i love it i could make a killing here you know these sorts of like yeah little subtle crazy. yeah which it's what this also this has to be an early adventure because like somebody doesn't recognize the joker who is
0: wearing like lime green purple (laughs)
1: purple pasty white face red lips green hair it's like they're like, you look familiar. Where yeah, have she's I like, seen this you? This is just sort
0: of a thing I'm trying out right now. For it luck. has to
1: be an early adventure of Batman I guess. and the well, Joker. when
0: was this written? I mean, obviously, this it's was like... written
1: in the. I think.
0: We're checking the book right now. Fact check.
1: 1988. Copyright 1988.
0: Oh my gosh, it's as old as we are. Oh, That's yeah. interesting though, because Sandman actually also came out I think around the same time. 1988, 1989 was a big year for comics. I guess. Uh, of the two that we've read. The <laughs>
1: podcast Cartoonist K Fabe calls certain people like the class of eighty six, where there are just certain people who were working in nineteen eighty six, like Alan Moore mm. and other people. That, <laughs> that like they went on to great basically do great things in comics. You've got your Jim Lee's, you yeah. your Rob Liefelds, huh. um, which they're definitely not on the same level as Alan Moore. But yeah. were putting out work that I guess was important to the medium. Mm. But um
0: So he goes to the amusement park. He basically steals it from the dude because he kind of, like, traps him on that, what is it? It's, like, almost like, it's not a merry-go-round, but it's, like, one of those, like, no, coin horses.
1: The guy, the guy, yeah, he he stabs him with Joker venom. So the guy gets that crazy, twisted Joker smile, and he's sort of catatonic. And yeah. he he's riding one of those little horses that move back and forth. You put a quarter in, and they move back and forth. And it's funny, that guy yeah. is in this book. Through, you see him I in noticed the background. that, it's yeah, where it's so, like, he's it's still just, there. He's I mean, it's, in. no, it's yeah. great.
0: It's great continuity. But it's interesting because, okay, so after that, it actually goes to this flashback, and this is where you kind of get into the Joker's origin story. So this is where you sort possible of... Origin possible origins, Possible, yeah. So it's like... He's an unnamed... They don't actually give him a name, and I think that, I don't know, through, like, the Joker mythology, like, other names have come up for, like, who he might have been before that, I think.
1: Well, like, the movie gave him the name Jack Napier. Napier. Which movie? Uh, the Batman 1989. Oh, okay. Uh, the Jack Nicholson Joker the was, Tim like, Burton. a... He was yeah. a gangster. And that's, named- like, the
0: same origin... He- Tim Burton used the same origin story that's in The Killing Joke. No. Yeah, he does. He falls into the vat.
1: Well, that's that's the Joker's origin. Yeah. The Joker's origin is that he falls into this vat and comes out died
0: is this not like the the killing joke is the joker origin story though right
1: it's a possible origin for him it's a good synthesis of his early appearances kind of so he appeared in batman number one batman originally was created the
0: very first batman comic
1: so, Batman originally appeared in Detective Comics number 27. That was his first appearance. Okay. And then he became such a popular character that he got his own series. And Batman number one... Is
0: Detective Comics DC? Yes. Whoa! I... Yeah.
1: Mind <laughs> <bolt>. So, <laughs> the Joker was his first... I can just mil-
0: feel anybody who's actually, like, into comics just screaming at, like, whatever they're listening to this thing, <laughs> like...
1: Probably both of Look, us. Look, I'm <laughs> sorry. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> so I, but yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so the Joker shows up, and he's kind of a sadistic killer with a creepy clown yeah. vibe. He shows up, and they was originally going to be killed off, and editorial stepped in and was like, this guy is fucking awesome. Yeah. Keep him around. So he would sort of show up on and off, and in the 50s, he became very tame and more goofy rather than a killer. Yeah. And his commonly accepted origin was that he fell into a vat of acid, and that bleached his skin and and dyed his hair, or I guess not acid, chemicals. Yeah. So, Batman also had a, another minor villain called the Red Hood who he had like scared into falling into a vat of toxic chemicals. So, Alan Moore, in his genius, kind of tied these two origins together where he's got the Joker as a sort of hapless slub, starts off as a hapless sl-
0: schlub. Schlub. <laughs> I think is the. A schlub. Yeah, yeah. schlub. A the original schlub. pronunciation. The German pronunciation, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He He's a sort of a stooge, a failed comedian. Right. And he um, ends up hooking up with these gangsters who are essentially, they tell him, like, you're going to put on this costume and pretend to be the head of the Red Hood gang.
0: But going back to, like, what you were saying before, what's weird about his origin story in this comic is that it's all set in what feels like 1930s 1940s but it's crazy because yeah it's like when you flash back to present day you're like where are we is this if you're looking at commissioner gordon and barbara you're like this is the 80s like we're in the 80s yeah but then yeah what you're talking about before like with arkham asylum um and then all the flashbacks it's like okay wait so then how old is the joker like if if his origin story takes place in like the 1930s or 1940s like but now we're like how is he Is he like this aged clown? Because he doesn't look like... He looks like he could be in his 20s or his 30s.
1: I think the idea is that it's past and present. And it's sort of vague and ill-defined so that it could happen at any time you're reading this. Yeah. You know... At a certain point we'll get so technologically advanced our society will hmm. that it will have to be a period Oh, piece. like
0: everything will be dated. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. like
1: there's no cell phones. Well, what do you
0: mean even just like you pointing out the type of phone that the receptionist had on her desk it's like if you can identify that as being so obviously from a specific time period then it's like
1: Right, but Batman Batman operates really well in that sort of gothic architecture that kind sort of, of like, of pulpy. like those yeah. that's his that's his origin Where it's it's like
0: like, it has no time period right yeah and
1: so it's like i think you just sort of rather than say like oh well that phone is from the 1930s so i know that this takes place in the 1930s this just takes place in the past and then this stuff over here takes Mm -hmm. place in the present right okay so the joker is a sort of hapless schlub, and he can't support his pregnant wife who loves him dearly no matter what because he's quote-unquote good in the sound. God,
0: I hate it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was like, what a weird fucking line. She's like, you make me laugh and you're good in bed. Ha, 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 ha. And it's just like, what? Like, it's like, you guys are living in poverty. Like, wake up, Janet. Like, look around. Like, what are you talking about?
1: You have to consider who's telling you this story. The Joker is. Yeah. This is his muddled, crazy, psychotic memory. And he even states later on where he's like, is that how it happened? Oh, really? I don't... So
0: are we supposed to? I actually didn't get that because I felt like his origin story, all of those parts were like pretty straightforward and like it felt pretty true, I guess. Like I didn't realize he was an unreliable narrator. It
1: feels true, but it's also like I that's... mean, I guess I should
0: have because that's kind of his fucking. thing. That's his vibe. Is yeah. he's
1: remembering? He is like you can kind of see like weird stuff in the background too. There's a scene where he's in the bar mm-hmm. and you look at these. There's like a a, a clown yeah. in the background. And there's these sort of weird little, like...
0: Or, like, his reflection when they're in the apartment, and, mm-hmm. like, he's looking past his wife, I guess, mm-hmm. and, it's like, yeah, he's, he looks menacing. He's
1: definitely an unreliable narrator. Later on in the book, he even says, like, is that how it happened? I don't remember. I prefer my past to be multiple choice, or something like that. So I just like...
0: thought that that was kind of Alan Moore getting around, like, the whole, like, uh, just making the Joker origin story, like, more... Fluid, like it could be anything.
1: I mean, I think that's why it works so well, is because he is an unreliable narrator. So it's like you don't get tied so much into continuity of like, well, actually, in his first appearance, he this and that, and it's not that way here, so that doesn't make any sense. It's like it's fluid. The Joker's he's he's always been kind of a mysterious character because we've never really known who he was before he showed up as the Joker. Mm -hmm. He was fully formed when he first showed up in Batman number one, and and then. Alan Moore was able to tie together a few disparate parts of the Batman mythos to give him a really cool, well-rounded, fully fleshed out origin that is potentially true, potentially partially true, potentially not true at all.
0: Okay, so basically where we leave the Joker is that um, we he's bought the amusement park and he's having these flashbacks where we kind of learn that he's sort of this nameless ex-engineer, he's a failed comedian, as Justin mentioned before. And then it kind of flashes back to present day with Commissioner Gordon and his dumb fucking scrapbook. And like, Barbara's like... Multiple um, scrapbooks. Yeah, multiple scrapbooks. <laughs> and like... Barbara's like, "Oh, Dad," and she's like, "Okay, I'm on my way to yoga with um uh, friend. some friend," and she opens the door, and Joker's there in a ridiculous Hawaiian t-shirt, and he's holding a camera, and he basically just shoots her point blank. And then from there, it gets kind of chaotic. Like, we don't really know what happens to Commissioner Gordon from there. Or they, do pretty much, they, they pretty much they pretty much knock him out. Yeah,
1: and. and- take him out of there
0: yeah and then it's like it kind of flashes forward to like batman like getting to the hospital and barbara's awake but she's paralyzed and she's like here's what went down like he's got my father you've got to go find him which also what is she wearing in the hospital it's like this weird like head scarf i was like was that a thing that they did in the 80s where they're like put this head scarf on you're clearly ill like what i did not understand that
1: oh yeah maybe she took some head trauma it was it was Weird. I see what you're talking about now.
0: Oh, I guess actually, yeah, maybe it's like a head covering. It looked like a kerchief. I don't know.
1: The Joker drags Commissioner Gordon to the murder funhouse and kind of has this moment of like, we're going to break you. Then we flash back some more to the past where he's in a bar. He's hooked up with these thugs. He's going to use his inside knowledge of a chemical plant that he worked at so that they can rob a playing card factory next door. And they're going to set him up as the Red Hood. And it's kind of this ruse to confuse the authorities where they put someone unrelated in this, like, costume and pretend like he's the leader of their gang. while they just pull ordinary heists. And as they're talking, two police officers come in. The cops pull the Joker out. I guess we should have a name for him when he's not the Joker. I mean,
0: they just call him the unnamed engineer. Right.
1: They pull out this schlubbo. And they're like, hey your wife died. Yeah. This freak accident. She's dead. Baby's dead.
0: And he's just like, what's even the point of me, like, doing this anymore? He's like, I don't need the money. Like, the only reason I was doing this was to support them. And they're like, well, fucking sucks for you. We're still gonna do it.
1: Yeah, they're gonna, otherwise, they're gonna mm-hmm. murder him.
0: And then, so from there, we kind of flash back to Commissioner Gordon and the Joker at the amusement park, which, this is where it gets into some, like, fucked up weird territory. Like, I mean, you, just you mentioned before, where it's like, He's wearing this, like, weird dog collar. He's being controlled by these, like, crazy midgets. He's confronted by Joker who's on a tower of dead babies. Like...
1: Possibly dolls. Possibly
0: I think. dolls, but, yeah. like, sure. It's some
1: pretty horrific nightmare imagery. And I never, and I mean never, want to see Commissioner Gordon's bare ass. It's just, yeah. I just never <laughs> wanted that.
0: But, yeah, no one was asking for that. It's, a. Uh, I I think it's... I I mean I think that it is part of that where it's like taking this beloved character and being like
1: debasing him. Yeah, right?
0: it's like I mean because I think that he wants the reader to also feel like you're you're supposed to feel disgusted because this is supposed to be like this traumatic, nightmarish, insane making event for Commissioner Borden. But anyway, he puts him on this like amusement park ride. It's kind of like this roller coaster and he's going through and on the screens like all around him are the pictures of like Barbara like on the floor like and you don't you don't ever see anything crazy, but it's, like, it's a. to. She's exposed. She's exposed. She's, like, naked. She's bleeding out on the floor, and he realizes who it is, and he's just kind of, like, kind of going insane.
1: I think it's even worse if you stop and think about the fact that, you know, when someone has a head injury, like, if someone, let's say, in a hypothetical situation, someone is hit by a car, knocked to the ground, you're not supposed to move that person because they could have damage to their spine or their bones, and if you move them... It just makes it worse. It could make it irreparable, or, yeah, worse or irreparable, so you're imagining... The Joker shoots her, she falls to the floor, and then he's just moving her around, posing her yeah. for photos. It's like, maybe she wouldn't have been paralyzed if he hadn't if he been hadn't posing that. her for this, like, sick... I don't sick, know, though, because
0: it is implied that he shoots her, like, straight into in the spine. the spine. Yeah. But
1: she could potentially have walked again. You know what I'm saying? A yeah. clean break, like, she could have potentially walked so again. So then
0: is that just part of her whole character arc? I'm going to be totally honest here, is, like, the only thing I know about Bad Girl is, like, the 2014 redesign and also Alicia Silverstone in the regrettable um, George Clooney Batman movie from the late 90s. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, like, does she, is that it? Like, she's just paralyzed forever? Does she ever walk again?
1: My understanding is that Alan Moore was sort of given free reign to do whatever he wanted because oh. this was going to be, they were essentially going to reboot Batman and kind of, kind of not start over, but retcon him, like, sort of create a new Batman that everyone could get on board with yeah and so he made this drastic change to barbara gordon and then they never ended up going through with the reboot and so it was kind of like well now she's in a wheelchair yeah so it's like what happened to batgirl like so she she became oracle where she was kind of like this behind the scenes like
0: which is just some classic bullshit comic book stuff uh, i don't know
1: you could argue that she kind of came into her own as a handy capable superheroine like she's still a driven person who wants to do the right thing yeah she didn't let the joker break her she still is this massive force for good
0: that actually is kind of cool. I,
1: there's so, some good stories that come out of there. Okay. But again, like, I don't think he was ever intended to stay paralyzed. And again, yeah. if you look at this as an out-of-continuity story, then...
0: Yeah. I it's guess. just sort of like a one-off, where it's just like, this right. is just... So okay. now,
1: we're back in the past with the Joker?
0: Commissioner Gordon's just losing his fucking mind, because obvious reasons.
1: Um, I don't get it. Why would he lose? Okay, his... sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and then... <laughs> so yeah, it's like, going back to the past, Um, Joker is sort of like... In this chemical plant with these two mafia thugs. He's just found out that his wife and his kid are dead. He's like, in a daze. It's so yeah.
1: interesting because it shows him he's sort of just like staring off, and they do a really good job. He's like looking into puddles. He's kind of like quiet and confused, and they keep talking to him and like sort of like being like, hey, buddy, snap out of it. And it's he's just suffered this loss and he's being forced to go through with a crime that it's sort of against his moral code, I guess. And so. Yeah. Um, he, I,
0: is it against his moral code, though? Because he's well, agreed, to, he agreed But out to, of desperation, I guess. Yeah, out of yeah.
1: desperation. And then, so they put this costume on him. It's this big metal dome, and he can't quite see out of it. He trips over some stairs. He's very mm-hmm. clumsy. Well,
0: because what happens is, like, the cops and also Batman end up showing up. So he's he's running from them, and that's, like, him and Batman's first meeting.
1: Right. So in the, ni- in the early Batman comics, the Red Hood is his character, you know, runs a gang he's pulling off these crazy heights and Batman confronts him in the chemical plant and this is so typical of like 1940s comic books where Batman basically you know jumps in front of him they have a brief scuffle and then the villain is sort of hoisted on his own petard and you know falls over the edge and it's like One of those grim vigilante stories where Batman kind of, you know, well, he got what he deserved kind of deal. And so that's the Red Hood. Yeah. The brilliance of Alan Moore is that he took that throwaway character Mm -hmm. and then molded that into an origin for the Joker where it turns out the Red Hood is not a criminal mastermind. He's just a scared, traumatized schlubbo who ends up tripping and falling over this edge and like going into the chemicals and he comes out insane Mm -hmm. you know
0: and the joker is born right
1: exactly yeah it's (laughs) it's really cool and really well done yeah thus Uh,
0: inspiring thousands of neckbeards for generations
1: (laughs) again like yeah it's it's, it's funny because it's like that interpretation (laughs) is there if you want like if you want to look at the joker as like an incel hero
0: I think he totally is. But actually, okay, wait. Cuz
1: you can, but I think it's another case of like reframing some like reframing past work through a modern lens.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like I don't think that I think that the Joker has always been sort of a um I think that people have been drawn to him just because of like his chaotic evil nature, yeah. and it's like he is a symbol for anarchy, but I don't think that the way that we view the Joker now actually Happened until the Dark Knight series. I
1: it's think it's so funny because Heath Ledger is the total fuckboy. Was a total fuckboy. R.
0: I. P. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like
1: and to become an incel hero because of his like portrayal is just like wow. He was the fucking lead of a night's tale. He's oh, not which like, is a great movie. Great movie. Oh my god. Fantastic soundtrack I feel
0: like, yeah, people don't give that movie enough. Though. No.
1: I would put it. I, I want to know where the Criterion collection. <laughs> like, where are they? Night's Tale. Asleep yeah. at the wheel. You're not gonna make a Night's Tale movie. So the Joker, we kind of come out of the past after he's been transformed, and where Batman is pounding pavement looking for the Joker,
0: and Commissioner Gordon's like in a cage, in like, a cage, just kind of like having a moment. Yeah. He's having he's just you know really like revisiting his sanity just trying
1: to like this sequence is so funny to me and not i don't i think it's intended to be but i'm not sure because batman at one point it shows him he like pulls a wanted poster of the joker off a wall and he's like shoving it in some thug's face and it's a wordless panel but he's like basically like have you seen the joker and the guy's like i don't know what does he look like And he's like he looks like this this white killer clown, like it's the idea that people wouldn't know who the Joker. Is, it's like this has to be an early story.
0: I've never understood clowns as like a scary.
1: Do you remember that trend, icon. like maybe two years ago, where it was like, oh my god, the killer clown? Yeah, and it's like people are like that was just a case of the media like running with something and just it getting so blown out of proportion where clowns they're like clowns
0: are killing everybody. And it's like
1: who did they actually kill, or was it just someone who like pulled a prank cuz it was kind of funny and dickish. But
0: also, and yeah, it, and it was like it was because it was the run up to it. Like they thought yeah. that people were reacting to like it was a it was a publicity stunt.
1: Okay, back to Batman. Yeah, so he's pounding pavement which is so cuz it's like they're showing him as a detective, he's hitting the streets, A couple of villain cameos, and then the Joker just straight up sends him like an admission ticket being like like, I'm here
0: he's like I'm (laughs) fucking tired of waiting so all of
1: Batman's so-called detective work really you know shaking down (laughs) prostitutes really didn't amount to much
0: yeah the Joker's Uh, just like okay time's a ticking just like get get on over here so we can do this wrap up this comic did you
1: see that panel where he's like talking to the prostitutes like, it, it, he's, like, it's, like, no, these working... I mean, it's,
0: I definitely did, but I don't remember it. But,
1: so, they're all sitting there talking to him. And I just imagine him, like, he walks up to them in his cape and tights. <laughs> and they're, like, honey, whatever it is you want, that's going to cost extra. I know. Like, it's like, you you like, you, keep him moving. Like, uh, <laughs> he's, like, no, I'm looking over my friend, the clown. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is this some weird thing
0: you want to do? Yeah. Like, am I the clown? How do you want to, like...
1: <laughs> so, basically, Batman shows up to the amusement park and confronts the Joker. Also
0: can we just pause because I feel like that's fodder for so much slash fiction on the internet. Like the Batman Joker like shippers probably are just (sighs) yikes. Yeah. So by now Batman has like reached the amusement park. Commissioner Gordon is still in this cage. So first thing he does he like lets him out. And then this is kind of where it lost me on this whole thing. And I think I was talking about this at the beginning of the podcast where like I the whole point is that The Joker is trying to break Commissioner Gordon. But when Batman lets him out of the cage, he's fucking fine. He's like, he's like, no, you go. Like, we must take him in. He just darks it up. He's just like, bring him in. Like, we need to do this. We need to show him that our way works. Or like something like that. I was like, shouldn't you be like a broken husk of a man right now? Like, otherwise, it's just kind of like... This was so pointless. And it's like, I get that you're supposed to understand that Commissioner Gordon's, like, moral... Or his, like, his grip on sanity and his sort of, like, moral...
1: Unshakable moral
0: ...foundation. Kind. Yeah, it's like, it's so unshakable that he's, like, fine. But at the same time, it just felt like a big waste of time where it's like, he's, he's so fine. He could, like, go get a sandwich right now. Like, so... he's like... <sighs>
1: I mean, a couple of things going on here. First of all, I like that Batman lets Commissioner Gordon out of the cage instead of chasing the Joker, and he's oh, kind of yeah. like, well, what is hey, the... he gonna
0: do?" Like, yeah. well,
1: because you know, you think of Batman as a single-minded vigilante in pursuit of criminals, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of nice that it's like he's friends with Jim. He's like, "Hey, I'll stay with you till the cops show," and Jim's like, "No, go get him, cowboy, but do it by the book." Ugh, yeah. And Again, this is what I'm talking about when I said that it was a flawed masterpiece where it's like, if Joker had just been torturing Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. I think this would be understandable. Where he's the kind of selfless person who would be like, he's like, look, I know what he was trying to do. Because the Joker explains his plan to him. Where he's, yeah. like, he's like, your grip on sanity is tenuous at best. It's pointless. It takes the-
0: one bad day. And that's all just like that's alluding his back to his like his um evolution into the Joker. Where he's like, it just took one day. Where all of this shit happened to me. I mean, also the chemical goo that he, like, fell into probably but it all had all to one, do with it. It all
1: happened in one day. Right,
0: exactly. But, it, yeah, so... So,
1: to me, I think that, like, if Joker had just been torturing Jim Gordon, and I think that that would be a little bit more understandable that Gordon would be like, do it by the book. I can't let him show that he's broken me. Mm-hmm. But it's like, he fucking... As far as you know, he murdered your daughter, and he mutilated right. her, and, like... And so, to me, it's like, that. this part is rings a little hollow... Um so Batman runs off. Yeah. And he chases the Joker. I like that they have this fight where like Batman is a skilled fighter, but he's not the kind of hero who could fight Superman and win. It's like Joker pulls his mask down, kinda like but then when he goes I'm to I'm gonna
0: sp- choose to just ignore that and
1: I think the idea Batman works best as a street level guy. Yeah. You know, like and he's like even like the most highly trained martial artists and like UFC fighters will tell you like If you get mugged in the street, don't fight back. You should run or give up your money because it's not worth the risk. Anything can go wrong in a fight. So what I like about this is, like, Batman's a highly trained fighter, adventurer. But at the same time, like, somebody pulls his mask the wrong way, he's going to be kind of blind. Well, that's kind
0: of Batman's thing. It's like he's not willing to fight dirty.
1: I think it's so cool when Joker goes to stab him from behind. And Batman, like, without looking, he straightened his mask and he catches the fist. They fight some more. But then Joker like there's a there's a real back and forth there where it's like if you think about it Joker's a spindly little stick man yeah. who could not stand up to well him. that's
0: I mean and that's why they're kind of like fighting in this fun house it's like and I, I'm always up for a fun house fight of any yeah. kind like movies
1: Stranger Things oh,
0: you know it's uh, just great yeah where yeah. it's like oh they're a crazy get out or no, not get out uh, uh, us, us. This that is was a, yeah no it was not this is us <laughs> 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 Mandy Moore yeah. and like Milo Ventimiglia <laughs> are like in that. this fun house <laughs> <laughs> babe yeah <laughs> What are
1: you... No! <laughs> but I think it's cool. Like, Batman is a... He's a skilled fighter, but Joker's got a lot of... He's unpredictable. He's got a lot of tricks up his sleeves. Like, he tries to stab him with the Joker poison, and Batman right. knocks it out of his hands.
0: Well, because I think that, he, you know, you can't... You can have that moment where it's like, okay, Batman's cowl gets, like, pulled over his face, but he has to... He is still Batman. You have yeah. to still make him cool.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think they they do, again... I've said it six million times in this podcast, but, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's cool. It's dynamic but it also highlights the absurdity of a man in a cape fighting a clown.
0: Which, yeah, I which I'm here for. I,
1: I like love, that. too, that he punches Joker through a wall. Like, mm-hmm. okay, he blocks the poison, blocks the knife, uh, and then he, like, he punches him through a wall, and then Joker pulls a gun, and he gets a shot off. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Batman, well, you see the horror on Batman's face, and for me, I imagine it's like, Looking down the barrel of a gun was like looking down the night your parents are murdered in front of you, mm-hmm. and so it's like you see Batman freeze. Joker gets a shot off, but wah, wah, it's Yeah, it's a it's a flag that says click click click, and then the Joker says, "Oh, it's empty," which uh. is just like it's not even a flag that says bang. It's a flag that says click click. It, cl-. That
0: was actually great, and also the panel that it's drawn into. I feel like this entire comic, I just kept thinking about Jim Carrey and the Mask.
1: And how he should have been the Joker instead uh, of the Riddler? Yes, yeah.
0: why was that a choice that was never made? Um, but it's <laughs> in that moment I feel like it's so because you can almost hear him saying that in like his it, I don't know, but and, um,
1: but don't like this is what I was saying earlier when I was like the Joker is fun, yeah. I know he did that no, dark fucked up thing, but like it, this was, that was really fun for me to read. Like, I
0: mean, fun in like a psychologically fucked up way, but it's also interesting too because I think that goes back to the whole point of this book, which is that. Batman and the Joker are locked in this battle where like neither of them can win, one of them has to die, but one then it's or like, both, like but, yeah. but then you see in that moment too where it's like oh my gosh, like he's psychotic, but also it's like he also can't kill Batman. Like he also I don't think wants this to end really. Right.
1: And then he kind of has that he's like depressed cuz Batman basically pulls him up it's, it's over at this also, point. Also, it's
0: was like, this is not a hot take. I feel like right. this is kind of like the psychology of Batman and the Joker. Like, yeah, this, this has is well-trod
1: like... ground. Right. But at the same time, we're talking about it. And it's <laughs> fun to talk about. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. Um. But so then Joker's kind of depressed. He's like, oh, go ahead. Beat the crap out of me so that you can get the... You know, like, the applause of the moral majority. Mm-hmm. And then Batman's like, no, I don't want to do that. It's interesting. The Joker kind of is like, I can tell you had a really bad day. I know you, like, you had a day like me. You're insane. You dress like a bat. Like, we're the same. And Batman's got some line about how, like, he's like, yeah, I heard that joke. It wasn't funny the first time. Like, Yeah. It, there's, this, there's this moment between them. Batman's going to take him in. And then Joker tells him it's, a joke. Yeah. And uh, we there's a little bit of debate on the channel. I don't think we're going to tell you the joke. No, because
0: it's just it's never...
1: It's so much funnier if you read it. If we told you the joke, you'd be missing out on 90% of what sells the joke, which is the emotion, the pacing, the voices that you hear in your head for these characters are going to be... A thousand times better than what we could say. Also, like,
0: it's like this comic has been out for thirty years. Just Google it; like you'll probably find it in a second. Exactly. Like just but, you don't have to read the whole book. Just Google like "Killing Joke," "Final Joke." Just just look it up.
1: But I I laugh at this joke just about every time I read this book. Yeah, the gist
0: I, is like it's basically just it's highlighting the relationship of Batman and Joker within the context of this joke about these two insane people who escape from Arkham Island.
1: Yes. That's a really good take. Thanks. Uh, and uh, and then basically sirens, the police sirens, you can hear them in the distance, they get louder. You kind of see a silhouette of Batman as he puts his hand on the Joker and it kind of cuts to puddles in the rain as the siren as the sirens And they're but
0: they're both just laughing. Like Batman actually. Oh laughs Batman at the laughs joke. at
1: the joke. Yeah, yeah. And then they're
0: just they're just standing there fucking laughing. Meanwhile, Commissioner Gordon's off having his fucking sandwich because I guess he's fine, and the cops just roll up. And then the end, like it's just like okay. The
1: Commissioner Gordon stuff happens (laughs) off-panel, but on is making some pretty big leaps. Okay, but I have a question. Just went down the street. He's fine. I have a question for you. Yeah. Did Batman just kill the Joker? What do you mean? So there, in recent years, again, this book uh, has been sort of reframed, where someone's like, yeah batman laughing and putting his hand on the joker oh and then because
0: they leave it super there's, the
1: laugh cuts off so abruptly mm-hmm. and then it's just puddles and so the question is did batman like he laughs at this joke and then comes to this realization that he's just got to kill the joker Ooh. and snaps his neck
0: i'm into that but i don't think that's what happens
1: so i'm not into it and i don't think it's what happens
0: i mean i kind of would love that if he just like Pushed him like off. Oh no, because they're on solid ground. They're but, on solid ground, but dang. Yeah. But it's like you know, it would have been one of those things where it's like if maybe he just pushed him off the ledge of something. It's like that oh, actually, he just he slipped.
1: Yeah, especially because of the joke. Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that would have actually been that. I would I would be down with that interpretation.
0: Sorry, Alan Moore. Uh, yeah. I should have written this comic. <laughs> but
1: who wrote it better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
0: Thirty years later.
1: I just I think that the I don't know. I think people are obsessed with edginess and darkness, and I think that that's like a cool like. Batman was finally driven to the brink and he had to murder the Joker and it's like I just don't I don't think that was what was in Alan Moore's head. I to me the silhouette it clearly looks like he's putting his hand on his on Joker's shoulder yeah, not his neck.
0: But I I like I like it when things end like that where it's just sort of like come to your own conclusions.
1: Yeah. I like the ambiguous ending of this. I don't buy the whole Batman murdered the Joker. No, and also
0: it's like, it's it's tricky too, because this is basically like a one-off. So it's like, he could have. And then it's like, this is just like, oh, we're going into this alternative history of like, what could have happened? Because obviously the Joker is like not dead.
1: Yeah. Um, this book was insane.
0: Yeah, um, but I mean, even after talking about it, I think I still will stick with my B- rating. Like I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. Obviously it's a lot of fodder for discussion, but it's just kind of like, it's, you read it and you're just like, yep, did that thing just read that you know it didn't like it doesn't like stick with I guess uh, I don't know I went back and forth a lot on this because I was like I did enjoy this but also it it wasn't like I'm not gonna reread this ever again I'm not gonna like recommend this to people
1: I'm coming out with an A a solid A rating I I have in the past traditionally were you at
0: the beginning I feel like you were also like you were like a or like a B plus
1: so the first time I read it I'd probably give it a B I okay. don't think I understood it and then I kind of like I really I had a sort of like contrarian like oh well it's not that good i don't like it it's too dark too edgy but something about seeing this like stripped down black and white version of it where i could like appreciate the art and almost like it kind of allowed me to see how much silliness there was in this book Mm -hmm. um i do again i'm going to go back to saying that it's a flawed masterpiece i'll give it an a
0: but i mean is this like an emperor's new clothes situation where it's because it's such an iconic Piece of comic history do you feel pressured to like give it a higher score than it actually deserves
1: no because i love (laughs) to no uh, i love to disagree with people i love to argue with people i i honestly think that what really sold it for me this time is the the art in conjunction with alan moore's writing I, i even when i didn't like this book very much you cannot say that alan moore is a bad writer you, yeah. you can't say that he's a bad writer, even if you don't like the book or the subject matter. So I've always respected the writing, but I didn't really like it that much. And then I think that seeing this now, I was like, man, this. I did come away with a new appreciation for Brian Boland because I kind of wrote him off as too stiff and yeah. quote-unquote realistic.
0: So. Okay, fair enough. Um, This has made me really interested to see the new uh, movie... I think it's just called Joker with Joaquin Phoenix.
1: I am cautiously optimistic.
0: I... Yeah, it's like... It looks... Um Yeah, the Joker is not one of my favorite... Ba- I, I've never understood the appeal of the Joker. Um, In fact, I'm kind of, like, turned off by it, especially... I mean, we mentioned before, like, this weird sort of incel folk hero-ness that he's kind of taken on, like, after sort of the Dark Knight trilogy, um, and, like, after, like, Heath Ledger's portrayal. It just... Uh, it's this kind of, like, edgelord thing that I just, like, really don't like. And I've also just... I just don't think that the Joker is a really interesting villain in general. Just because, like, what's his deal? Like, we talked about this before. It's like, he's chaotic evil and he's kind of a mastermind. Okay? But also... I mean, and, you know, it's, like, controversial take, um, do not at me, but, like, I think that the Scarecrow is actually a much more frightening villain, because he's basically the Joker, except that he has the ability to control your own fear. He basically turns your own mind against you, and I'm just kind of, like, I mean, I don't know if you know, like, if did the Scarecrow come out after the Joker, or before, like, were they in the same time period, like... It just is one of those things where it's, like, why was Scarecrow sort of, like, shunted to the side? And, like, why is Joker such a big deal? Um, I mean, that being said, it's, like, obviously, like, I haven't read a ton of Batman comics. My only exposure to the world of Batman was literally, like, the Batman animated series, but only because it was on after Animaniacs, but before Carmen Sandiego. And, like, <laughs> just had to kill some time. That
1: perfect alignment.
0: I even remember watching it, though, and just being like, I don't understand anything that's happening here. I'm like, I just... It's like, I'm a child, and I need to watch TV right now. Um, And then also, uh, the, you know, classic Tim Burton, Batman, Jack Nicholson. Mm, I don't
1: like those movies.
0: Really? No. I mean, I don't dislike them. Um... I think that the late 90s George Clooney ones were probably the worst of the bunch. Yeah. Um and then you have like Heath Ledger's portrayal, which I think um while it was a really amazing piece of acting, I think it's probably had like the most long-lasting negative effects of Yeah. any portrayal.
1: I think the character. Joker is a victim of oversaturation. I think he's really cool. I think he's got a lot of potential, but I also think that he, I the market is just oversaturated with the Joker and if you're making him Batman's number one nemesis then he's gotta be just as brilliant but more evil than Batman and I frankly am not interested um, I do agree with you about Heath Ledger's portrayal probably having the most to do with that yeah Um, I, I'm on record as saying that Ra's Ghoul is Batman's number one villain I just like the idea of Batman running around the world fighting some William immortal Zing. terrorist
0: I mean, I think that he's, I think he's also interesting because, I mean, again, I'm just basing this off the movies, but isn't he kind of like Batman's father figure in a way?
1: In the movies, but Like a substitute,
0: of. is that what he's, is he not like that in the comics?
1: No, well, actually, he kind of is because his daughter and Bruce are in love, and so like, it's this weird thing where like, but she's the daughter of the head of the League of Assassins. Yeah. I, I just think Ra's al Ghul is really cool. I think that Batman, I really like the batman of that era with the like the jim aparo neil adams batman with like he's got the yellow bat symbol he's got the blue and grays yeah he's kind of leaner and he's more of a world adventurer slash detective i think that's really he's almost like james bond with a little bit of gothic influence thrown in there
0: yeah
1: i really like that batman um i also like my batman really pulpy Um, i'm not super into uh Mr. I have a thousand, I'm a thousand moves ahead of you in chess, mm. Batman, who can take down Superman and the entire Justice League.
0: I kind of like that, Batman. I Because it's, it's like, I feel like that's his biggest weapon is the fact that he's just like, he's really smart and he's kind of a ninja.
1: There's a really interesting um, story from the 90s justice league story called the tower of babel mm-hmm. where basically a villain gets a hold of batman's contingency plans for each member of the justice league yeah and uses them on each member of the justice league and so like the team's like who the hell knows us this well how can we how can we fight this and they're getting taken down and batman is like oh shit like these are my plans like mm. i like in case superman everyone evil or whatever and so like i like that because it's not like oh batman simultaneously is taking out everyone it's like Someone took his like his theoretical stuff and applied it, and I, I I think that's interesting. I think that's about as far as I'm willing to go down that road. Because now, like once you tell that story, then it's kind of like, oh well, he could take them out anytime he wants. Anyways, let's get back to this Joker movie that's coming out because I'm I'm te- I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I I'm hoping that they don't nail it down as his definitive origin. I hope it's a little bit more like this book where it's a unreliable narrator.
0: Yeah. I, I am I am fearful, as I think a lot of people online are talking about, of like the narrative around um, mental health uh, and sort of like victimization of um, people who are kind of like downtrodden, and also sort of a fetidization of like this anarchic character. Yeah. I don't know; it makes me like really nervous in the time that we live in to be like having this movie come out right now. Which I, I realize is kind of silly because it's like you can't you can't censor everything. Like no. we can't live in a vacuum. We have to like experience things and sort of like go from there
1: yeah i like this batman book the killing joke because i think the joker is likable in moments but you never lose sight of the fact that he's a psychotic killer and a deeply unpleasant person yeah and i hope that the movie goes down that route where it shows him as a complicated complex person mm-hmm. very redundant <laughs> it shows him as a complex...
0: complicated but also complex <laughs>
1: I hope it shows him as a complex person, but it never lets you lose sight of the fact that he is a villain.
0: That's the thing, yeah. And it's like I feel like that is where Joker sometimes like goes into this weird territory where it's like, you know he's a bad guy, but also like why are we all so obsessed with him?
1: Yeah. I don't think they're gonna do this, but I hope they pull a layer cake, spoiler alert. You realize (laughs) at the end of the movie Layer Cake that you never knew the protagonist's name. Mm. Like, it's like this... Re- like, you're kind of swept up in this movie, and then at the end you're like, holy shit, Yeah, I never knew this guy's name. And I kind of hope they do something like that with the Joker. I kind of hope it, like, you know, snaps forward and he's, like, telling this story to his psychologist, and he's kind of... And then if the movie ends on a joke... Yeah. I'll be, like, I'll think...
0: I mean, I, I would be into that, too, if they did end the movie on a joke. Like, I... um, Yeah, we we haven't read pretty much, like, anything about this because we want to go in pretty spoiler-free. Yeah. The only thing... um. Yeah, really, the only thing we know about it is just like what we've gleaned from the trailer and just like, you know, just some of the mentions online. But nothing like we haven't read any like articles or anything.
1: But we are planning on watching it on Tuesday mm-hmm. and we're going to talk it's about a
0: it. movie field trip.
1: Yeah, a little movie field trip beyond the panel. Uh, I think that the next book we're going to read is. Usagi. Yo, Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Volume 12, Grass Cutter.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not. I have feelings about it. I'm conflicted because. So. Save I mean, it for the podcast. Okay, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. It's uh, It's Justin's favorite comic of all time. You're literally sitting here wearing a Usagi T-shirt.
1: Yep. I'm very <laughs> nervous about it.
0: <laughs> all right. Anyway. Um. Thank you guys. Yeah. Check
1: out next. Ep- each episode goes live Wednesdays. Uh. Don't forget to pick up comics at your local library or comic shop. Have a great week. Sign out.